Good day, everyone. I'm slightly off center. There we go. All right. Um, welcome back. It is Sunday, and uh, I'm I'm. So many things just become part of like culture. Do you ever notice this? Where you are like, "Welcome back!" Like you just start talking like you're <laughs> on a TV show or something. Like I really didn't give radio. you enough room at all. It's okay to exist. No, it's not. Well, I'm afraid you're gonna fall off the the face of the desk here. Um. There it goes. That's better. Is that better? Yeah. All right, cool. Now you're off so, center. Well, thanks. Hey, Jen, thanks for being a part of our show today. Uh, I am <laughs> off center as well. Again, so we're really we're a really professional outfit here in, in that we start. It's just like class, right? It just, goes, it just goes away exactly the way that you planned it. So if you've not been here before, my name is CJ Reynolds. I run this channel called Real Rap with Reynolds. This is really just real talk about education. And what we're trying to do here is create a safe space for educators to meet on Sunday nights together because we believe that teaching is a communal activity. And um, look, there's a special person in our community here today. Uh, my good friend, Maisha is here and she is typically working at the old office depot today, but um, she's not. She's made it live. Yeah, She made it live. Congratulations. And um, she said she took her nap already. So she oh, just didn't oh, see, we got in a little later. Now she's all worked up. Uh, I'm sure her dog is still sitting on her back. Um, as, as we speak right now though. So look, gang, if you have any questions about anything, um, education or, or sometimes this verges like out of the, the world of education a bit too, because, um, so much of what is actually is happening with us in our lives, in our heads, it, it, it gets, it bleeds over to, uh, to the classroom. And so, um, I'm willing to talk about anything. Uh, I love this stuff. And I'm ready to to dive in when you are. All right, if you're, you're ready. ready yep, Steph is uh, on deck first. Hit me. Uh, her question is asking: um, transfer job fair tomorrow. Other than resumes and best self, including crutches, right now, what do you suggest I bring or do? Her current principal will be there too. I, you know, when I think about that anymore. Um, it is, I, I think it's so much, so I'll, I'll say this, Steph, like when I've been in many, many job interviews over the years where I've been a part of the school, people come and interview our school and I sit in on those meetings to get to ask questions and stuff. Um, I'm looking for people's energy and, and their kind of vibe despite what they are kind of coming into, right? So like I realize to some extent, like, you know, you're on crutches, you haven't been in school, anything else that like, you know, you, you fill in the blanks of what's kind of happening in your life. But especially in education right now, there's so much like derogatory talk happening. There's so much like it's, and, and some of it is well-founded, but it, there's just this sort of apathy that I would try to remind myself, not, not fake it till you make it right. Like try to remind myself, like, what am I in this for? What is important to me? What do I want to make sure that I convey? What is my special thing that I bring that's going to hopefully be able to make this better for everyone else? So how am I, how do I essentially then become a value add to your organization? And I, I may have talked about this before and I forget where I got this from, but um. It was Neil Strauss said, 
you have to be good at two out of three things. I've probably mentioned this a million times before. Two out of three things to be um, to, for people to keep you at a job or for you to do well, to find success at a job. You either have to be on time, like the on time machine every single day and all of your assignments, everything you do, all your paperwork, everything's on time. Or you're very, very likable, meaning from administration to your coworkers to the people that drive the bus, the people that work in the cafeteria, the people that clean the building at night, like everybody likes you or you're really good at what you do. And so if you are always on time and you're good at what you do, no one cares if they like you. They, why would they complain? You, you're, everything's on time all the time and you do good work. So who cares if they like you? If you're on time and you're really likable, eh, no one really cares if you do that good of a job, right? You can think about the people in your building that are different versions of those two of those three things. Uh, so what is it that you're bringing? And then what are you, how are you a value add to what they're doing? And, and so, and I would say that that coupled with your enthusiasm and optimism for what's coming up. Now, look, that can also be met with, here's a specific problem, right? It is, um, here's an issue that I see. And then here's how I think I can be a solution to this is what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of uh, this in students right now. We're seeing a lot of this in schools right now. And I think that I bring this special sauce that's going to help that help minimize that problem um, if I if I come to your school. So that's kind of what I would be thinking about. All right. Up next is KP saying, hello, my 10th graders have a hard time settling down for class after lunch. Any ideas to ease the transition? Thank you. Uh, gosh, I've had a lot of different people do a lot of different stuff. I st This is why I this is one of the reasons that one, I meet you at the door so I can shake your hand so I can do a quick check in with you. If you're coming in super hype, oh man, whoa, whoa, Adam, Aaron, Tim, God, got to bring it down a notch, bro. Um, and, or not even just saying we got to bring it down a notch. What has got you so hype? What happened? Wait, what, what even happened in lunch today that I need to know about that this is this is the energy you're coming in with. Did they just feed you Lucky Charms for lunch? Is that what happened? Or did something funny happen? Um, so it's bringing that kind of stuff in. The other thing is maybe having a moment where you can talk about whatever's happening right now, right? Like, like when kids come in, you give two minutes, two minutes to what happened in lunch today, what was for lunch today, what's the best thing? Real, real quick, um, silent votes, show of hands. Um, what are give me like the three best things that they serve at lunch and then write it on the board and then have kids vote for it. So just something like that, where it's like, we're doing something that is, I think building culture, it's, it's building a sense of community in the classroom and building a sense of connection and, and letting kids have a moment where we're not learning something. But then this is also why I do journal entries that are um, something that kids will want to answer and then timing it because then it's game on, Right. But I don't think there's anything wrong with taking that energy and and letting kids kind of like have that for a moment. But you can't live there, clearly, right? You have to like, uh, you have to train. I'm not even saying get rid of it. You have to just focus it on something that you're doing. But it is, it is important to kind of get everyone's attention when they come in so that it's not 97 different conversations all over the place. But one of the things that we used to do was just, silly questions. We'd have like a fun question in the beginning where I'd be like, all right, listen, I got a quick poll for everyone. I want to know, um, you know, and then you ask whatever it is that you're thinking about. Uh, so is, um, what's better 
pancakes or waffles uh is cereal soup i'm just looking uh true or false cereal is soup um how many cereal people like how many cereals how many soup people do i have going on in here something like that and then transitioning in if your class is generally like kind of out of control i would go right towards the uh journal entry or some kind of like pre-class that is timed so then kids can regulate themselves if they need a moment and they keep talking whatever that's up to you but if now you only have four minutes to do it or three minutes to do it um but having that timer helps kids to kind of focus their energy towards uh something that they, that they need to focus it towards all right up next is miranda asking when i think of miranda i just think of sex in the city sex it's like city. i cannot think of that in my head okay anyway miranda is asking i have reached burnout official <laughs> as of friday i have spent the weekend crying and taking baby steps now what current band director hating all things music oh i just want to say miranda i'm really sorry that that's that you're feeling that yeah what would you suggest Oh gosh, I wasn't. Um, no, I don't know. Uh, see that coming. I know. Put me on the spot. What do you think I would say? Let's play that game. I hate when you do that. I think it's just reevaluating. You always know me so well. I just always I feel like you're gonna see a bust out of answer. I mean, I do, but I also know what I know, you know, or what I think of you, Miranda. I would say to, um, gosh. Well, I think you're right. Taking the weekend, like, of just kind of like um expelling like whether it's crying or feeling sad sometimes yeah. you have to like feel what you feel and i think that that's okay too but i think after we're done feeling what we feel i think it's important to like think about like what do we do next with that and basically that's what she's asking um i would say making a a, a pros and cons list like why are you burnt out looking at what you're doing what is burning you out is it lesson planning is it you know kids are you overextending yourself i think it's looking at those things first and foremost is it burnout because you're overwhelmed because you're mom momming and working like what is it yeah. i think it's trying to figure that out and name it uh first is the first place to start so what if someone says I can answer this and you can chime in if you want, but like <laughs> when folks say all of it, right, it's all of it. Um, I would say yes. Uh, but here's the thing. There are some things that are probably worse than others. And there are certain things that can be like remedied quicker than others. I think when we're feeling burnout, one of the things that becomes the most important is the amount of rest that we're giving ourselves. So are you, do you know, first of all, how much rest you need in a given evening, right? So I used to be like, and, and the studies show that this isn't even possible, but I, I mean, I could sleep six hours a night and I felt fine. Um, maybe I wasn't, maybe that's why I was so angry in my twenties, but like, um, it is your level of sleep, right? Knowing that your body is literally repairing yourself and that, and that you are going to be in a better state of mind when you get up after a full seven, eight hours worth of sleep or whatever you need, maybe nine or 10, some people I know, um, pointing at you, wife, there are, yes, I leaving? totally need that much. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. My son is leaving to go to a friend's house. Um, and he just stands at the door and waves at us. And so the, the other thing is what can I, what can I, take care of? What can I change um, from, right? So am I spending too much time at school? Can I set a timer where every day I'm going to leave at a certain time? Um, can I, 
uh, implement moments of joy in the school day because I feel so overwhelmed. I was talking to, I was just a guest. Um, I, I don't know when it's coming out, but on Lindsay Titus's podcast. And she was saying, she's the only other person I ever met that sets alarms on her phone during the day so that she can do the things that she needs to do to keep herself healthy. And I do this all the time. I never met anyone else that did it. So that might be um, taking a break in your office to, to, you know, or in your classroom to just like close your eyes for a minute, to meditate for a minute, to pray for a minute, to close your eyes and like take a 10 minute nap. Maybe that's if you're at a school like mine where there's no room to do that, because I used to try and do it in this downstairs kind of back closet no one knew about until they were, I found out there were fleas in there and I couldn't do that anymore <laughs> because I was getting flea bites. It's hard to meditate when you're getting flea bites. So I would go to my car and then I found out that people would come out to my car. So I used to drive down the block. And so it was like this ever evolving thing, but I did find that moment where I could just have some silence. I also implemented last year. Um, and this isn't, this isn't maybe where you are right now, but it does help going forward where I would take 10 to 20 minutes, depending on, and this was planned out 10 to 20 minutes of, I just referred to it as surprise and delight time where I would just go out into the hallway. I would talk to kids that were kicked out, talk to kids that were in the hallway, talk to check in on teachers. And so sometimes I'd bring like a weird prop. Like I just found this weird thing at target I'm making this for a video I'm making. Um, it's this hand puppet you put on and watch it has this little thing inside when you click it. Oh, we better take that one back. Well, no, I think it's something supposed to be in there. Oh. So it either sounds like this shark has bronchitis or he's eating bag of chips. So I would walk around with something like this and like try and like bite kids if they weren't doing what they were doing. Or I would just like talk to an adult with it on my hand. Like, like, like what? <laughs> like it oh. wasn't there. <laughs> oh, the shark. Oh, you're looking at the shark on my hand? Like I wasn't even paying attention to that because I was talking to you. So it's just doing stuff like that. That is fun. And that playfulness, it just makes me feel better. You see other people smile. You see kids smile. You It decreases that, that feeling of overwhelm. Um, I, you know, and then I think it's important to, especially after a weekend of, of maybe, uh, I know I had a weekend of like, I did not eat well this weekend. Um, and <laughs> that's because we found a, a place that offered gluten free donuts in the city and we gorged for lunch we on gluten free donuts. We did, and then I'll tell you what, then I ate Burger eating. King yesterday. Yeah, so it was not a good we eating day in the Reynolds rails house. last <laughs> night. So, but that can have a serious effect on your well being too. So, it's like, what is your diet looking like? What is your exercise looking like? What is your sleep looking like? It always goes back to those basic things, and then looking at what is overwhelming me and can I do something about that and trying to systematize some of those things? There's a lot that can be done here, but I think that it always goes back to those three things first of like your sleep, your eating and your exercise. It does. It often you it's required to look inwards to find yeah. the problems. I think we often want to look outwards and say, it's this, it's that it's this, but it's like, no, but if you're not eating right, sleeping right, exercising. And, and for me, here's a big one, putting boundaries in with the things that, take a lot from you. Yeah. Like you have to put boundaries in even with our own children. Like, you know, I'll even say this for you last Wednesday is friend day for CJ. Like that's it in yeah. the evening. He goes out and does a friend time, but then we started watching survivor and it comes on Wednesday night. And our daughter was like, Oh, you can't go out. Cause it's survivor she's night. Still, she has the buff on and yeah. everything. I mean, she, she's ready. For I the love her own survivor now, but then CJ wasn't going to go out and I could see his whole demeanor change. And I said, yeah. Nope. You have to go. That's your routine. It's your night. I said, 
we can watch Survivor on Thursday nights. It doesn't have to be on Friday on Wednesdays. Yeah. But it's the fact that we had to put the boundary in, even with our own children, and say, nope, this is what's good for dad, and dad's going to go do this because yeah. it's already scheduled. And I think it's that's huge. I um, think it's real quick. It's worth mentioning too, depending on the severity of the situation, folks. Therapy is something that is often very, very affordable, especially with teacher insurance. And so looking into a good therapist to just have someone to check in with, especially if what you're doing is is cyclical, like you keep hitting like those same triggers, you have these same behaviors, same things kind of piss you off, like having someone to talk with that and work through and understanding where things are coming from is only going to make you a better human being in general and help you to have a better rest of your life. So and and you know, when I started doing therapy a few years ago, I really didn't understand like how affordable it would be and that some therapists have sliding scales and things of that nature. So it's really worth looking into, um, you know, what, and that might be a good question for the Facebook group. No, no kidding. Like, Hey, who is a good therapist or mm-hmm. where's a good place to start looking for therapy? Cause it's, it's kind of like anything else in my life. I don't want to just like go to a therapist. I've been to some pretty lame therapists too. And so I have very specific things I'm looking for when I get a therapist, but uh, yeah, that's kind of where I would go. Best of luck, Miranda. We'll be thinking yes. of you. Um, okay. Our next question comes from Aisha. Yeah, asking, yeah. And this is a tough one, right? Which would you choose a stressful job that pays more or a relaxing job that pays less? Relaxing job that pays less. Um, the stress is a bird. You're paying you you you're, you're you are, you're not working the same amount of hours, the same amount of effort. You, it is, um, you, it affects the rest of your life. I am at a point in my life, 46 years old. And my goal is to keep moving more and more. We just had a long talk about this this morning towards, um, I want harmony in my life, right? So there are all these things kind of going on. There are stressors or things that are happening. I am constantly moving more and more and more towards harmony in my life. That's why I want to, it's a constant state that I'm hoping, like I realize that in reality, uh, there are things that are going to happen. They're going to upset that. But um, if I'm living in a state of harmony, when there's a blip, you just kind of go back to that space. And I think if you are working a job that doesn't stress you and you want to make more money, you could just get a side job. You could do something on the side because you're not you're not so worn out, right? Try having a stressful job like my school for the last few years, and then trying to do YouTube on top of that. I I, I can I forget what number of videos we put out last year, but it was laughable. It was like that's all we did. Not all counting Sunday night teacher talks, I think it was nineteen. Yeah, it was like really laughable. That's unbelievable, <laughs> man. And we wanted that like, and the goal was like. At least 52, at least 52, right? And we hit 19. And so, but it's because I was so depleted from school and from all of the illegal and unethical and problematic things that were happening at school that I just couldn't do it. And because I just couldn't even muster up the energy at the end of the day to like smile and say something. And I didn't want to have like a begrudging. So it it was difficult. So um, yeah, less pay and less stress hundred uh, percent um chris carson said that i answer made my you should just quit her teaching job and go full-time at, at oh, office man. depot no don't do it <laughs> but i mean look to be honest with you it, for folks that don't really want to teach anymore or you feel like your school's not a good fit if you can find something that brings you more peace it, it, look i just think 
that it's it's worth look I can't go and I can't do this without going into like a spiritual space, but like I, I I believe that our our desires come from God, right? So like there are like desire, and you have to be you have to be mindful of which ones you think, right? So like maybe um you know there's there's some desires that aren't coming from God. I'm just gonna say that. But if you are looking to have more peace in your life, you're looking you're, do you think you see a season in your next part of life where you want to care for young people or care for your community in a different way? Um, by all means, like the, I think the worst thing that a teacher could get or that a student could get is a teacher that doesn't want to teach anymore. That's just riding it out till retirement or something like that. So if you have the ability to do that, by all means, I, I'm not trying to talk anyone into continuing to teach or trick anybody into continuing to teach. I, but for those that feel compelled, and I'm not saying this is my issue's move. Um, but it is if you can find a job that pays less, but it's less stress, and then you can tutor on the weekends, right? Like the tutors around us make like fifty to seventy-five dollars an hour or more. Oh, like and, even eighty and ninety. Yeah. So if you're good and, <laughs> yeah. and you have a parent that is stressed out enough, like they'll pay damn near anything to like solve a problem. Um. So it's being mindful of some of those things. It's like where do you like? I'm big on being called, right? Like the work I'm doing now is 100 because I feel like I'm being called. Is, is it because I'm ready? Is it because I'm necessarily like qualified with a certificate? No, but do I know that I can do it? Yes. Do I feel called and and moved to do it? Yes, I do. So I do it. Um, but that's so if you feel like there might be something else in this next season, I think you know it's worth sitting with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Deanna is up next asking, how do you make a small group of boys feel connected mm. to our school? They are not my students, but I always see them hanging out in the halls during class time. They're Hispanic and struggling to fit. This is such a wonderful question. First of all, Deanna. Oh, continued. Oh. Uh, they're um, struggling to fit in our school culture and they feel um, targeted by teachers and admin. Oof, that's this is, that's interesting that they feel targeted by teachers and sure uh you know and 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 the question isn't even like for folks that might be thinking about this or, or looking at this because i've had teachers kind of say this sort of thing back where kids feel targeted feel like they're being gunned for um it doesn't matter if they are or not right like what we feel it's it's their truth that's their truth and so giving them creating a safe space for these young men to explore and express what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what's going on in their life, whether it's real or not. Um, I think that's the gift first, right? I talk to kids about this all the time. I had a kid last year, uh, Chris, who all Chris always thought everyone was gunning for him all the time. He's like, I don't even do anything. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm like, bro, I see you. You're always doing something. So like, but that's your truth. So speak your truth, but then know that I'm going to speak truth right back to it. Cause that's the kind of really that's where the basis of real rap with Reynolds comes from. So I would, you know, I don't wait for kids to find a place to fall in. I find a place for them to fall in. Um, and that's not always with me because kids don't always want the, they don't always want an adult. Um, but it's, it is, I think one of the ways is just by being a presence, just by being around, just by being familiar. So you find yourself in the hallway also you go over and like ask kids questions. Um, you could go over and give kids, you know, depending how did they say how old they were? It uh, doesn't really matter, no. but okay. So like it, depending on their age, like you could give them 
stickers. You could be like, yo, I'm eating something. Yo, y'all want like a chip? You want like, you know, um, whatever it is. You could just go over and say, yo, I see you're always in the hallway. Are you, I'm just curious. Are you guys like, uh, this is like your undercover students or something like that? Are you uh, on the hallway patrol? Are you uh, an employee of the school? What are you doing? Um, it is just finding a way to kind of like bring some humor, bring some light, bring some fun to it. It's why I use the microphone in the classroom or in the hallway all the time and just and just like uh, interviewing kids and, and talking to them about different stuff. Uh, I had a student one time that I forget how we got to this. He had I think he had a what the hell was his deal? He wore they all the boys wore blazers. I think. Oh, he had like a briefcase. And for some reason, he looked like an airplane captain or something like that. So I used to call him captain all the time. So I made him a badge out of paper and uh, cardboard or something like that. I made him a badge and I put it on his shirt. This student, his brother died earlier in the year. And so I was just trying to find ways to playfully like acknowledge him and like gave him the badge. I would salute him as he was walking down the hallway all the time. And it was just kind of fun. And so I think that that's one of the ways that you start finding out who kids are. Cause then when you find out who kids are, you find out what kids need. And once we know what kids need, then we can start helping them fill in the blanks. And that might just be a trusted person. You might be able to also like try and find some students. This is something I've done for years. I find students that are already in my class that are really great kids. And then I say, yo, listen, um, so one of my guys, uh, Danzler, I'd be like, yo, Danzler, come here. Um, see this dude over here? Yeah, his name's Sean. Sean is new to our school, doesn't really know anyone, is feeling kind of out of place. If you see him in the hallway today, can you just say, yo, what's up, Sean? And you don't have to hang out with him. You don't have to eat lunch with him. You don't have to be his best friend. You're just, you are as a confident, like big, he's, Dan's was a big dude, uh, junior or senior in high school. Just saying what's up to a freshman that thinks that they're invisible, it's going to mean everything. So, and if any of your, your friends, like, um, you think they could do that also just be like, yo, so Dan's right. A lot of friends. And so he would tell guys like, yo, see this dude over here. His name's Sean, same thing, same speech. Um, so now all of a sudden Sean's going down the hallway and like three to four people in between one classroom and another are saying what's up to him. He doesn't even know who they are. They're not being sarcastic. They're not being mean. All of a sudden Sean starts like having a little bit more confidence. Um, maybe Danzler takes it to the next level and goes, yo man, what's what, like what block you from what part of Philly you from what class are you going to like and then they always they would all end up in my room so then we're just talking about stuff another move is talking about something find out something kid those kids are interested in and then doing their due diligence knowing who else is interested in this also right so like you're watching um I don't know you just saw like the new Ant-Man movie these kids love Ant-Man then you go oh yo wait hold on but my man Chris yo Chris come here real quick we're talking about the new Ant-Man movie Tell them what you said your theory is about what happened at the end, the end scene. And then Chris drops a bomb on them. Then they're like, oh, what? Like, they're all starting to talk about stuff. And then you find a way to get out of that conversation. All right, y'all, keep talking. I got to go make copies real quick. Or I got to make a phone call. Or I got to go do whatever. And then you bow out of that conversation. And now these two folks are, are chopping it up about something. But you didn't just make them talk and then walk away. You engaged in the conversation. You got it started. And then you moved away from there. I think that's a that's a pretty good way to, to kind of start connecting students. All right. I'm going to throw a question that's just in the comments Do to it. you. Um, but I thought you could maybe talk about this and see if anybody else is Do it, wife. With Let's it. go. All right. Taylor is in the comments. 
commenting, I'm getting burned out as my district grows increasingly woke. I see teachers bullying kids with political correctness, and it's happening to me too. Anybody burned out by this? So you left off the word garbage. Sorry, well, you yeah. don't want to say it. <laughs> it's not that I didn't so want I to. I just this. left it off. I think that, um, you know, when I think about this stuff, it is this idea of like being woke, right? So like you, you weren't in the know before you're in the know now, and now you are making sure that everyone abides by this. There's a, there's a part of this that I, that I like, right? What I, what I identify, I don't identify myself as anything. I'm not going to label myself as someone who's woke or not woke or whatever. Like I'm, I don't even know if you're allowed to do that. I have no idea, but, um, <laughs> I, I, but I know this, uh, I was with someone the other day, and there was uh, like a like a gay pride flag in front of someone's house, and so man, we're getting we're getting into this. So I'm with someone, and they said, "Do you ever think about why do they put those flags in front of their houses? Like why 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 is that a thing you need everyone to know?" And so the conversation was like, you know, like you don't see other folks do this, right? Or people I've worked with that were when Black Lives Matter was happening, they were like, "Well, we don't have White Lives Matter flags," and so. To just take not I'm not trying to go too deep into this, but my thought, my immediate answer was because I have never felt marginalized in my life. I've never felt without. And so there is a sense where folks are feeling that have felt marginalized are feeling like they can own who they are. Right. And I am saying this without I'm not sharing my beliefs on how I stand about anything. But I know that I do stand with this. I stand with love. And I always want to love people, even people that aren't kind to me, that I don't share the same beliefs with, um, that I have different values from. I feel like that I'm I'm called to love everyone. And that's loving people for who they are, not for who I want them to be. And so if someone comes to me, I've and I've had this happen. I've had folks come to me and they try and push me on like the way I said something, how I said something, how I should say something, what I should do. And I'm always down to have the conversation, but I'm not down to be dictated towards. I'm not down to be to have my a finger pointed at me and be told what to do. Now, if we can't have a conversation, then this is going to go nowhere. But if I've had folks that will come to me and say, um, oh gosh, I, I don't know. Like I, I mean, I'm 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 pressed to think of like a single moment, but like you shouldn't I heard you say this today, and you shouldn't say that to kids because that is that's insensitive in some way, shape or form. And my question is always, that's really curious that you bring that up. I'm, I, I'm interested in how you arrived at that. Like, what can you break that down a little bit for me? And to me, it is showing folks that like, it has to be the conversation. It can't just be your side or my side. It can't just be polarized. It can't just be those people do this and these people do this. And I hate when you do this. It's, it is having that conversation because in that conversation, I can then maybe help folks like, Hey, look, if you want, if you're, if this is really important to you, um, being mindful of your delivery system is maybe something that you want to do. I also want to show students that, and maybe that's on, it doesn't even need to be a conversation, but like, um, it, what I want to also do is show my students who have a whole world of the internet and of people in general that are pointing fingers at them and telling them what they should do at any given moment. It is. And just because someone says it 
eloquently or they say it in a, in a way that it seems so believable that you're like, oh, damn, you start questioning your whole sense of self and who you are. It is entering into conversations with people. And I think that, you know, the way that we get good at anything is by having difficult conversations. So, um, but if people, if folks are bullying kids, right. And I'm curious as to what that looks like bullying kids about being politically correct. Um, I think it's a, it, it is, I would start having those conversations with students, how to stand up for yourself, what you should do. If someone says that, how do you, how do you kind of fight back? But in a way that involves things like kindness, love, empathy, um, you don't know where people are coming from. So at our school, one of the things that kids got, um, they would, oh man, I'm going to say two things. And I, one of them, I don't want your kids to hear. Um, but one was get everything's gay. Everything's gay in the whole world. Like this, if this pen's not working, Ron, do you have another pen? This pen's being gay. Um, this was constant, right? And there were teachers that would explode about this. And although I have no baggage with that, right? So like, I'm not, I don't identify as such. I don't, I, like that doesn't, it doesn't hit me the same way. It might hit someone else that is, that, that is, hurts deeply. I do address the situation. Can we talk about a different way to say that? Can we talk about the fact that your pen is indeed not gay and that um, mm -hmm. you are being lazy and you're having a poor choice of words and that choice of words is going to hurt someone's feeling either in, intentionally or unintentionally. Let's have that conversation, right? And <clears throat> sometimes it's, it's a whole class, sometimes it's, it's an individual, sometimes it's a big conversation, sometimes it's quick, sometimes it's a reminder. It differs. Another thing that my kids would say all the time was, uh, and this is the thing I don't want your kids to hear, but we're going to get real for a second. Um, my guys would always say like, stop dicking me. And so I would say, I'm, and when they first started saying, I was like, well, what, what, are you, what are you even saying? What are you saying? You're like mushing it all together. And they're saying, stop dick eating. Right. And so, oh. <laughs> and I go, right. Do we even need to break down why this is inappropriate on seven different levels right now in school? And they were like, well, I didn't like, but my guys just grow up just, there's certain things they just say, right? All students just say certain stuff, but it is, it is, I think if you want to at least have a conversation with students, that's the only thing that ever changes anything. It's not being, I don't want to fear my kids in this stuff. I don't want to tell, I don't want to yell at them. I don't want to break them down. I don't want to tear them down. Even if what they're doing is deplorable, it is having a conversation about damn near anything. I'm talking about, I'm talking about date rape culture. I'm talking about, like with things with regards to, to race and racism, things with regards to sexism. Um, it is all of it. It is creating. And sometimes this is even bigger than you. It's like our school has to do like a reset and we need to band together on some things so that we can learn how to have these conversations, how to talk to young people, how to help them understand that your words have power. And I want you to understand the power your words have and what you're doing intentionally or unintentionally. But that's that. that so that's kind of what I, where I would go with some of this stuff. I realize it is deeply, deeply frustrating though, when someone tries to put their values or, or ideas on you. Um, but I think when we get to have conversations, we get to know who people are and where they're coming from. And sometimes we get to see their past pain, their past trauma and the other things where this is coming from too, and not just shut it down. Um, yeah. She said, Taylor saying, for example, a teacher asked me to sub for first graders that's right. First graders. It was choose a hero day. And the options were Greta Thunberg, uh, Ruby Bridges, 
um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and uh, Cesar Chavez. She's like, they're all political. Like, yeah. And they're first grade. Why would you give those to first graders? Yeah. Like, that makes no sense to me. Yeah. And as a mom, I ain't going to tell you how I'd be aggravated about that. So, but the, I think the move is like, so I'm curious as to how you came up with those four people. And why in first grade would you do something like that? And in a way that's not judgmental, right? It's really like out of curiosity. Like, are they right, your actual I, heroes? I have nothing wrong with right? any of those folks and, and what they've done. But like, my concern as a mom, it's like, I don't need to talk. First grade is not the grade to talk to my children about those like hefty topics. Which is arguable. Topics. I'll say, I think that's arguable, but it's, it is, what, what was, what was your thought process here? Um, and do the kids even know who that is? Like, like, or could we do like a lesson on like, Hey, who's one of your heroes? Now I want to connect this to, do, do y'all know who Cesar Chavez is and the work that he did? Um, but you're going to want to, even those things, I think they get dicey because you got to play both sides of the field. You, you know, there are people that don't think that he was a hero. And so right. it's, are you willing to have those conversations? Are you willing to have a parent call the school and, and say that, I think that you're, you're pushing this agenda on my kid. It's just be it's being ready and it's doing it. I think that I think that there's ways around it. And I don't want to get into a whole rabbit hole about that, but yeah, I think there's ways of thing. doing it. But I do understand some of that stuff. Um, and especially when we're dealing with little kids, we're not here to indoctrinate anyone. We are here to teach kids through th like it. it I man, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Well, when we get into uh, first graders, it changes the like when yeah. you're talking about high schoolers, it's like that the yeah, there's it changes the conversation. They have a little bit more of a deep sense right. and they have something to pull from. When it's your first grade, it's like they don't yeah. know anything yet. They're yeah. still being formed, right? Yeah. Like, so it's a different thing. That's that's my version, like as a parent, how I would be upset about yeah. that. All right. Um, okay. I could go that's I know thing. we could have a whole and, show on but that. But that's a that's a real conversation that needs to have like far more context involved as well and, yeah. and things that ensure. All right. Kellen uh, is up next. I just got married in the past year and have been future planning with my wife. Well, I don't know how to be a teacher and be a parent at the same time. I feel like I would have to leave the profession. Uh, not true. Um, I've done it for years. Uh, and my hair was black when I started, but uh, Kellen, but uh, I just tell the kids it's all my wisdom coming out. <laughs> I, you know, one, if you, my question would be, why couldn't you do both things at once in all things in my life, Kellen, all things I want to be excellent. And the older I get, the more I strip away things that I know that I can't be excellent at, or I don't want to be excellent at. Now, look, I'm not talking about perfect. Uh, I'm not, that's not something that I'm interested in, but it is, I find that like being a teacher and becoming an excellent teacher requires an enormous amount of work, but being excellent at anything that you do, right? So you could literally pick any job. There is a guy that uh, is works at the local food store near us, a big food store, and he takes the carts from the from the parking lot into the building. This dude is the greatest as job I've ever seen. Like literally, I've thought about going and giving him a tip um, with a note inside to just say you're incredible. Like he like runs out. He's super helpful to, to folks. He like helps old folks get to their car and open up their trunk and helps them load their stuff. And I mean, like, whereas everyone else just kind of like, just goes about their business. They look like they hate their job. 
But this dude, rain, snow, hail, I mean, nothing stops this kid. And he's always kind of like has pep in his step, right? That's an old man marker. When you say things like pep in your step, you're old, <laughs> you're getting old. But he does. And I love it. But he's he brings excellence to his job. But I guarantee he's tired at the end of the night, more tired than the other folks that are doing that job. You want to be an excellent parent? That means you have to actually get up and parent. And so we, I used to tease one of my cousins. Um, we called him a couch parent because he would just, he was one of those like, hey, stop that. Start doing, don't make me get up. Right. It was like that kind of parenting. I'm like, bro, Josh, get up off your butt and go handle the situation. Right. When you tell your kid that they're in timeout on the step for two minutes, and every time they get up, you got to start the timer again. You got to really do it. It's really being about what you say you're about. And so it is hard to be a good parent, but it's hard to be a good husband. It's hard to be a good wife. It's hard to be a good driver. It's hard to be damn near good at everything. So, but how do you get better? By doing things, you just get better at doing them. So I would look at if I'm teaching what kind of systems can I begin to put in place? How can I optimize those systems over time? How can I practice things like being mindful? How can I be at home when I'm at home and I'm not doing any rust? I am where my feet are right now. I'm sitting here talking to all of you on the Sunday afternoon and I'm not thinking about, and this, and as a someone, I would call myself a good parent. I'm not thinking about my kids. I'm not thinking about my business. I'm not thinking about anything, right? My, my dog's stinky ear infection. I am just here, right? His ear stinks so bad right now. Um, I, I am just here right now. And so part of being good at anything is only doing it where you are and being where your feet are and be, bringing your full attention. And so that is um, some of those things. So I think you can still be excellent in both, but, uh, you know, and your kids are going to want to see that as well. Your, your children that you bring into the world are going to need to see what what does it look like to be a fully functioning adult who's living a high level life in whatever you're doing, bringing excellence to all they're doing, and how are you balancing it, Dad? And so, um, how are you doing this all, Mom? And having them see the you live the example. Um, he said, uh, "Let me clarify. I don't see Sorry. how I can be the father I want to be with the schedule I'm working now." I want to say, I think that comes in no matter if it's teaching or wherever you are, every job is going to try and get every ounce of anything yeah. they can out of you and every situation, every relationship, like that's just what we do, right? Like as human beings. So I would say it's about you learning how to put in those boundaries Facts. and saying no, so, that is the biggest thing that I've learned in my life and in with parenting, like, and I special parent, uh, special needs kiddo, right? Special parent. I special parent, my special need kiddo, um, which that requires, I've had to say no to a lot of different things just because my kid is who he is like, and it wasn't beneficial for him. Although society told me, no, this is what kids do. Like, right. When my kid was little and he couldn't process and he was overwhelmed by everything. And I didn't take him to jumpy loud, you know, all the, like the kid things, right? Like I did what was necessary for him. I was able to say no, but I think that that's, that's one factor. It's like, man, learn how to say no to things. You get really, you get better. I won't say really good unless you're very intentional. You get, we got great at time management once we had kids. Mm -hmm. Cause you don't realize that when someone goes down for a two hour nap, man, the clock is ticking and you don't always get two hours. Sometimes you get an hour. Sometimes you get a half hour. Sometimes it's 15 minutes, but you know, if you got to get stuff done or if you want to cram a nap in there or throw some laundry in or start dinner, 
you get real good at, you don't realize how much time you have if you don't have kids. Right. Um, and, and so you, it, it's just taken up. Right. And, and so the other thing I would say, Kellen is people are so much better with you having boundaries when you have kids, like with all the, all the, event, all the things we used to go to, we, we, all you have to do is say, you know, the kids just went down for a nap or he's not been feeling well, or we're really trying to do this, get them on a schedule. Folks are, if it comes to you, no one wants, people get annoyed that you don't want to come to their event or you didn't do the thing you said, or you backed out. But if you go, my kid is just having a hard day. I'm not going to come out to lunch with you today. Oh, can I just, can I bring something to you? I'm so sorry. I always say right? people love kids and will do anything for yeah. kids. As soon as you're not a kid anymore, forget it. The world's mean to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I told, I tell my own kids that I go, yeah. no, people love you. I said, they'll do anything for you because you're a kid. I go, as soon as you turn an adult, it's you're a little tougher. on the side of the highway. Yeah. <laughs> out and they're driving by you. It's a little tougher. Yeah. Um, okay. Noah is up next asking, would you consider coaching teachers to make short, engaging videos for students? I want to make mini lesson videos, uh, videos for freshmen to navigate campus and little clips of my advice. Noah, you don't need CJ to train you. You need to just do it. And the more you do it, the faster and better and more comfortable you'll be. I would say that I, there's a part of me, I believe that because that is absolutely, it's the, our I just know looking back at our own videos from you doing them, they were awful. <laughs> like, but and then they've gotten better because are, you just did it. So Craig Rochelle had a uh, really great um, Instagram story today that he said um, he had a he's he's does jujitsu and he said his sensei asked him what's the hardest belt to get to a white belt or a black belt and he's like obviously it's a black belt right and he goes no it's a white belt because most people never make the decision they and never like take the step mm. to even start the practice. Um, and so he said, what's the difference between a white belt and a black belt? And he said, it's someone who can, who trains consistently. Mm, a a nice. black belt is just a white belt that never stopped training, never stopped learning, never stopped growing. Right. Ooh, I love that. Uh, yeah. That dude's freaking great. Um, so in that, it, that just made me think of this. There are best practices though, right? There are things of like sure, getting attention. Yeah. How long should you go on for, being mindful of your lighting and your background and things like yeah. that. Right. There are some things I, I would know consider that I'm not sure what that would look like. Um, but look, every single thing that we've started on this channel, literally everything has come at the request of someone else. I wrote a book cause I was asked to write a book. I started a Facebook group and started doing Sunday night teacher talk and all the videos that we do. I don't find, I don't come up. I don't scheme one video idea. I literally go to the Facebook group and look things up, right? Or people ask me questions and then it gets me thinking and then I make a video about it. Um, so tomorrow's Mind Monday mini PD is like directly connected. It's actually the second part of the confidence series that I started two weeks ago where teachers were saying like talking about teachers having confidence, lacking confidence. And I have some really some ideas I want to bring to help you build your confidence. That all just comes from other people. So I would I'm not, I'm not sure what that would look like. Mm. Um, Hit us up if you're really interested. Yeah, yeah. Send an Shoot email. Me an email. Talk about uh, Real Rap with Reynolds at gmail.com. All right. Elise is up next asking, uh, teach summer school, reliable pay, but set hours versus start a TPT store, flexible hours, but no guarantee of pay. Both. 
Um, That's what I would say. Too. <laughs> I, for real, like every other yeah. comments in there were like giving uh, the pro and con of like each one. And I'm like, no, I would do summer school and start your TPT. Yeah. TPT just takes, I think anybody can do it. If you, especially if you have great material to put out in the world, that's going to help teachers like yeah. do it. But the difference is, is you, it's a long game. You have to, you have to be in it for the long game. Yeah. Like it's not a short game and you make money off of it. Like you have to like yeah. build a clientele. You have to. And that's where it comes that down to too, Elise. It's like, we, we have, we are beginning. Um, we have folks that are helping us create uh, like lessons and things of that nature right now, units and, and stuff. Um, but I have a warm audience. So like having an audience already and starting to sell stuff, I know that I'm going to sell at least a certain amount of, I'm going to move a certain amount of product. Right. Um, I also know who my audience is. I know what people have asked me for. So I'm not just like shooting in the dark here. I have a, I have a, a goal. Um, but if I'm just getting started, there is this idea that that could take some time, right? Like you have to, you have to, there's so many other layers on top of you that if someone searches you or if someone searches whatever you're teaching, polynomials lesson. It's like how many layers? Yeah, I just said polynomials. <laughs> My wife just looked at me like, what, math? It's how many layers down are you? Um, and I'm wondering, look, if I did, whether it's summer school, I, summer school might be a conflict of interest, but if I was just tutoring kids, I could use my own stuff. I could tell parents like, hey, look, if you want to do more, I have this stuff. It's available on my website. Like after I'm done tutoring your child or during the school year, you can always pull from this. These are really great lessons. So there's a little bit of crossover there. But um, if you can do both, I would do both. And and the reason I say that too is like, look, some folks love creating this stuff. Like they love make, taking lessons and making them look cool and fancy it's and like pretty. It's like their jam. It's can, how their brain yeah, works, like, right? Um, <laughs> it's not ours. <laughs> the team that we're working with, it is like their jam. Like they are, they love scaffolding the questions and coming up with all the stuff and, um, or making it look awesome. So if you can do both, I would do both. Um, especially because summer school in my experience has been like, I, it's been so such a low level of work for me where like, usually the lessons are already there. Usually kids are far more behaved because they know what's at stake here. It's just, it's not, it hasn't been difficult ever. For you? No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steph Shook said that her like teaching summer school, like rector for the next year, wasn't enough of a break. That well, that's different, and that, right? Right. And I so felt it's that. something to take into account. Yeah. Because that has happened to you too. Yeah. Or the the break is just so much quicker. I don't know that I would do summer school if I went back. I think I would like be a bartender or something like that. It would just be something wildly different. That's yeah. like my like issue walking at working at Office yeah. Depot, like. It's well, I just... always think, what's that movie that we love? Uh, American Beauty. And he just, he quits his job and he's yeah. like, fudge it. And he goes and he works it out a of like a, like a burger and place. And go, Don't you think you're overqualified? The kid asks him and he goes, <laughs> I want a job with the least possible amount of response. I feel like that's what teachers come out of school. And if they go get a second job, that's that's exactly yeah. what they're thinking. Um, okay. Possible. Our next question is coming from Patrick. How do I prepare for my student teaching high school this fall? I'm excited, but a little anxious and nervous. I'm teaching government and history, by the way. So Patrick, um, well, I, I know I've told you about this profile picture before, but I think it's a great picture. Um, <laughs> it is. So I think. Um, how do I prepare? I think if I was going to prepare for student teaching. 
Um, one, it's really looking at what you're, it's really getting, I think it's getting systems down. Student teaching can be incredibly overwhelming because you are balancing all the paperwork for school. If you have a course load at school also, and you're teaching um, sometimes full time. So it's like, is my, the, my cooperating teacher, when I, when I was student teaching by the second week, and by that, I mean, like we started on a Monday, went Monday through Friday. By the next Monday, I already had two classes full-time that he wanted me to teach. Bro, what? When I think back at that, I'm like, that is what? <laughs> and so the all the workload, the anxiety, the calling of parents, the doing all the grading, the lesson planning, I was helped with that. But to a large degree, I'd say I, I owned about 75, 80% of those two classes. By my third week, I was teaching all five. And so, and I had a great cooperating teacher. I mean, best possible experience I could have ever, ever hoped for, but it was a lot of work. And so, and there was a night I went to, I got free tickets to a U2 concert. And uh, <laughs> so I just went, I was like, oh, free. Yeah, let's go. So I went to the show and the next day it wasn't as prepared. And I, man, I fell on my face hard and the cooperating teacher, we would like have these meetings in his car um, in between. And so we go out there cause he's the only place he could smoke. And so <laughs> we're sitting in there and he goes, Yep. Uh, how do you feel like today when I go? Yeah, Nick, I'm really sorry. He goes, oh, you don't say anything, man. Um, he goes, but you won't let that happen again, will you? And I go, never in my life. He goes, all right, lesson learned. Like, let's keep Neil, going. You aren't even telling how the kid got you. Like, oh. he totally got you. This was, the I remember you knew came that home I didn't and I was do like, the reading the night before. Because I was like a step ahead of the kids. And so this kid like realized I didn't know what I was talking about and started digging. And it was like evident to everyone <laughs> that Reynolds is talking out of his ass right now. And I felt so dumb, but it really was a good reminder of like, and I, I have never let that happen again. Right. And, and I mean, I was in my twenties when that happened. Um, so, but it's, it's <laughs> staying ahead of the students. It is having systems in, in life and in, in, in your life of like, look, you're going to need things that are going to fill you up. You don't want to be able to tell, you know, whoever you're dating, if you're dating someone, like I'll see you in six months, you don't want to like shirk off your whole family. It's like, I want to build in these systems. These are days that I go out on dates or these are days that I hang out with my friends or this is a night that I'm with my family. Cause you need so those. You Let me inter interject. You, in. you have to have yeah. those. So yeah. they're important to schedule in to make yeah. sure that they're getting done. And then um, it's being prepared to fail. It's okay to fail. You're just starting, right? If you had a white belt and you were going to start take karate lessons or something like that, um, it, you're going to get, you're going to get beat. Like if they have matches on the mat, you're going to get beat every single time. And it's all right with that. But it's, are you taking L's or are you taking lessons? And so gaining, like seeing what the lesson is and just perpetually growing over time, knowing that you will not be great. And we can often trick ourselves into thinking we're doing a great job because we connect with students and the lesson went really well. Those are awesome. Like count your wins too. Like don't discount your wins at all. I'm just saying when something doesn't go well, look for the lesson in it and then just keep growing and don't wait for two things. One, to start engaging with students, start doing it on day one, finding any way that you can just talk to kids, help kids, tutor kids, whatever it is. And don't ever, ever, ever wait to become the teacher that you dreamed of being. Um, the kids need it and every, everyone needs it around you. So like, don't look at how everyone else, if everyone looks a little curmudgeon-y, um, don't be afraid to be on fire, right? Like just go 
be be the example be awesome um and remember that you you put three emotions that you're like excited anxious and nervous they all feel the same they certainly so do. it's very hard to discern if you're just anxious or if you're just nervous or if you're just excited. Yeah. So just, I right. always think, think like, about the first time you kiss like, someone. Yeah. Right? Anxious and nervous. It feels all those things. Is, is you're excited. on a roller coaster. All those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you get pulled out of the crowd to go on stage with whatever. Like you feel all those things. Right. And I, so it's helpful. hard to differentiate those. Feelings. It's helpful That's for me really to remind reminder. like that nervous and anxious feeling can also just be excitement. It doesn't have to be anything bad. That's um, a great reminder wife. Oh, you're welcome. You're wonderful. Um, I actually think we're out of questions. Well, that is fine because we're at 57 minutes and 18 seconds. At what? 57 minutes and 18 okay. seconds. I thought you said something different. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, I put 57 together and made it weird. <laughs> so anyway, folks, if you don't, if you're new here, right, let me just remind you real, real quick of what's going on here. This is Sunday Night Teacher Talk, right? Um, It's at 4 p.m. every week. We also have mini pds that are supposed to come out at 11 a.m we're trying our best yeah they come out usually it's upwards. we're trying to get on a schedule to yeah. not have to record them on monday we also well, are look, trying i think systems. it's 11 a.m somewhere <laughs> when i put those out if you need anything else you can go right to our website at realrapidreynolds.com our facebook group is the i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say definitively it is the greatest teacher facebook group on well you don't have to just say it yourself People say it all the time in it. Like yeah. they reserve special questions have been asked or shared only in our group, not other teacher groups yeah. because it's remarkable. It's, it's not a, it's a great space. Um, follow us on social and look, if you need it, I have a book out. Uh, I think it's actually on sale on Amazon right now for like 1795. It's called teach your class off the real rap guide. The teaching is, it has nothing to do with rap and everything about um, not surviving, but thriving in the classroom. So uh, yeah, I just want everyone to know. Those, that's where we're we're yeah. trying to help in every single conceivable way that we can. And all in the ways that we are not, we are trying to build those out now as we speak. So anything else, wife? Uh, give this video a thumbs up because talking about helping teachers, this helps the algorithm know that it's important. And once they share it more with other folks. Yeah. So that's the goal. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Gang, have a great week. Have a wonderful evening. Um, we'll see you next week. 4 p.m. Peace. Peace.